Blog Talk Radio. Once again, to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Rupert Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Love, CliffLow.com, Scenic Teaneck, New Jersey, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Contraman of ContramanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by special guest J.D. of VoodooHouseDetroit.com in Detroit, Michigan, for our Oracle special on dice reading. They will take your calls and offer address to ameliorate and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo conjurer root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening. But if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Cat? Hi. Thank you, Clifford. Um, things here are chaotic. I hope they're a little calmer in Teaneck, New Jersey. They are. Things are pretty chill. Things are pretty chill. Good for you. I'm having one of those days. Mercury retrograde has come to the end, and that means I am now going through boxes of books that I have not opened since my mother died in 2005. They came from her house. Uh, Many of them are books that I contributed to or wrote. Of course, I always dutifully gave my mother a copy, so those aren't a surprise. But some of the other books are very interesting, including books that I realized she had collected to give to me before she died. They're books on subjects that I'm interested in that she was not. And I I looked at them and I thought, how very interesting. She pulled these out of the world for me. So that's been kind of interesting to see those books. Um, I found incredibly rare things amongst her stuff including a catalog of medieval and early Renaissance prints, you know, um, by the likes of Durer, or books with engravings. And these were um, sold in New York City by a guy named William Schaub. And my mother worked for him as a cataloger and translator from German. Um, And he, well, with the name Schaub, you can guess he was Jewish. And he was a rare book dealer, and he made a specialty of selling the rare prints, engravings, and original drawings that Jewish art collectors brought out of Germany because they were not allowed to bring money, but they could bring what was called suitcase lining. In other words, they could take a piece of paper, and between every one of their shirts, they could put an original Durer engraving, and the Nazis never noticed Of course, you had to have some money to have those things in the first place. But then when you got to New York, you took them to William Schaub's. 
And the odd thing about it is my mother kept this catalog all these years from 1941, and she had come to America in 38. My daughter uh, went to the university with a guy named David Schaub. And I said, you know, that's so funny. Uh, my mother always talked about working for Mr. Schaub, old Mr. Schaub. And he goes, where was that? And I said, well, it was in New York. He was a rare print and book dealer. And he goes, that was my grandfather. <laughs> so I unearthed the catalog from 1941 that my mother had co-written with Mr. Schaub. And I used a piece of antique V-mail, which was a particular kind of um, letter that you could write and fold and send in World War One. And I have a whole box of V-mail uh, blanks. And I wrote David Schaub a, a note on paper from 1941. And I gave it to my daughter to give to him, her old college friend. So that's how I spent my day. Chaotic, but very good for coming out of Mercury retrograde. This is a message not since, since 1941. Strange, huh? Wow. That is very cool. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. My mother's handwriting in the, in the catalog and everything, but I figured it should go to the grandson. He didn't have a copy of it. Beautiful reproductions of old um, engravings. I mean, it's an art, it's an art catalog in itself. All right. Well, that's what I've been doing. I haven't. I haven't. Today, I did no readings, no root work. I just went through old books. <laughs> so, how about you, Conjurman? Things have been uh, less historic, because <laughs> that's what we. Um, as a you know, as a historian, I love these sort of connections to the past. I was very enthralled by everything you just mentioned there, especially the idea that you found this connection to this person's grandfather. They happen to know your daughter. That's, that's just one of those moments in history. Yeah. You go, wow, that is so yeah. neat. When you see the sort of it, past it, it's filed. Enjoy. You know, you file that under. Out of all the gin joints in all the world, she had to walk Ooh, into this. Yes, one. it's one of yes, <laughs> you know, yes. it's one of those moments. Yeah. Yeah, history is very is very cool in that regard. Uh, in my in my end, it's not certainly been that interesting, but uh, we've had a, quite a. A busy time with clients. I've been really doing a lot of uh, work in regards to diagnosing people's lives, the path that they want to take. Uh, I've been doing some really cool readings around people's uh, abilities as a root worker and reader, like people who are interested in putting up their shingle, wanting to become a reader, wanting to become a root worker, and asking, do I have the skills for it? Can I take this on? Uh, will I be a good root worker? Will I be a good reader? What are my skills as a as a root worker? Am I good at candle magic? Am I good at, at healing? Am I good at cursing or love? So lots of work in regards to that. It's been really nice this past couple of weeks, I should say. I've been really focused on empowering, really getting people to feel empowered, whether it's empowered to take charge of their life, empowered to take charge of their business, or empowered to take charge of their abilities, their, their psychic abilities, their magical abilities their abilities as readers and book workers, et cetera. So that's been quite nice. And then I also recently got, um, I mentioned this, I think, last week, where I got a, a really great response back from a client who had sort of disappeared for a while. That has also been the trend, where clients have gone away uh, after I've done a reading, I've done root work and I kind of never hear from them again. And then they show up months and months later or years and years later. Just uh, yesterday, yesterday was Saturday. Yes. So just yesterday I got an email from a client that I did uh, root work for about a year ago. But a year ago we did some uh, love talismanic work because there was an ongoing issue in this person's love life. 
uh, and they were unable to uh, their relationships through. It wasn't hard for them to get into relationships. People were attracted to them, obviously. People were interested in them. They were going out on dates, but the dates never went anywhere. They had the ghosting problems, what I call it. It's like you go on the first date, but then nothing happens. No second date, no follow-up, or you're really hitting it off with someone, and then they just never respond to your texts suddenly. So that was something that they constantly had an issue with. And so we did a actually a really close examination of their life. It didn't look like a cross condition, didn't look like a curse. We're like, what's going on here? And it hit me. I was like, all right, let's natal reading. And I looked at their chart, and it was very clearly there. It was an affliction in Venus, and Venus at the time was not doing particularly well uh, through the transits uh, to her natal of Venus. So a talisman for her. Uh, sent it to her and never heard from her. <laughs> she could have disappeared. Uh, and then I got an email this Saturday where it was like, hey, you probably don't remember me. And I'm like, of course I remember you. We, we, we could always remember her clients. But you probably don't remember you, but you did this reading for me and you did this talismanic work for me. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I'm getting engaged. Uh, I'm very excited. Or I'm getting married. We just got engaged. A few weeks earlier, I was like, I wish you had come to me because I would have told you to wait a week before announcing it so that uh, Venus entered into Libra, but that's okay. Uh, other than that, it was very good news, very happy news. But it was one of those instances where, like, someone from the past shows up. You have no idea what's happened. You have no idea if the reading was successful. You have no idea if the root work was successful, if the talisman was successful. You send this thing off, and then you sort of never hear from the client again. I generally assume that's a good thing. Because people come to you when, when they have problems. If they're not coming to you, then they have no problems. So I'm going, all right, I'm just going to assume going forward it's good. But it was very happy news hearing from this old client. He's like, hey, this looks fantastic. And now they're interested in doing a sort of a, a couple's reading, uh, looking at synastry between their two charts. I'm very excited to do that. So it's been a, it's been a really good week so far, I think. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad someone was holding down the reading for while I was going through all the old books. Um, wow. All right. Well, today we have a topic which is on uh, dice reading. And my three dice have just been handed to me by my darling husband. Wonderful. Thank you, Shiva. He just walked in and gave me the dice. Um, and this has been brought to us by one of the newest members of AIR. And I'd like to, first we're going to talk with him just a little bit. Um, so this is uh, J.D., who has probably been a moderator on the forum longer than anyone functioning there. If you if you remember reading the forum, there used to be a guy named J82, but he changed his name to JD. Same guy. And if you ever wondered where all of J82's posts went, they all became JD posts when he switched his name. So JD went on to work at the forum, still working at the forum, and very, very wonderful helper behind the scenes and in front of the public answering questions. If you have any questions about who to go to the forum, and very likely J.D. will answer your questions. There are other people who answer too, including Mr. Christopher, who's in the chat room right now. Hi, Mr. Christopher. Mm. Um, but J.D. has gone on to become a member of Hoodoo Psychics and a member of AIR. So welcome to the show, J.D. This is your first time on AIR with us. Welcome, Hi, welcome. Hi, thank you, Conjurman Ali. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me today. So um, I'd like you 
to tell us a little bit about your practice. You're in Detroit. and Just give a few words about what it is you do, what you want the world to know about you, because you're new here. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm in uh, the metro Detroit area. I do readings mainly. I do tarot, um, dice, um, pendulum. I do a lot of candle services for clients, mojo making, um, you know, and I have clients basically all over the United States and now into parts of the world. So um, it's expanding since joining AIR, so that's great. Um, I love helping people, and so that's one of the passions of mine. So uh, there's never a problem too big or a situation too small that I wouldn't be willing to help someone with. So just exciting to be here and to help people. Well, I know that you've done a lot of work in the forum. If anybody, you know, has a question about a product, J.D. will answer that question. If they want a spell, he'll either point them to where a spell has been previously printed in the forum or to a book that contains such a spell, or he'll give them his, their, his own version of a spell. So J.D. is extremely quick uh, in answering questions. And um, I haven't seen you on Hoodoo Psychics yet, J.D., but I hope you do get on. Do you do you get on yes. at all? Um, I was just sent this stuff recently to sign up for it, so I just got to send over the final paperwork, and I'll be set up, and I'll be doing that this week. Oh, so then good. I'll be able to have regular hours. Yeah, because I'll tell you one thing. Um, J.D. Is a, has the mind of a teacher, and so... Uh, he doesn't pat himself on the back enough, but he's a guy who knows a lot and will teach a lot, mm. incredibly kind to newbies, and um, and his readings are good. His readings are good, folks. We're going to find that out. All right. Well, J.D., you brought us the subject of dice reading. Now, reading with dice is um, one of those things that uh, not everybody does. It's not as popular now as it used to be. And yet it's still a very, very good way to read. There are many forms of dice reading. And in fact, some of the things that are not called dice reading that are bone readings where you use repetitions of the same bone, like astragalus bones, like in uh, Mongolian Shagai, uh, those are sometimes called dice and um Regular dice, gaming dice readings are sometimes called astragalomancy, but astragalomancy technically means reading with the astragalus bones of ruminants like sheep or goats or camels. And um, I have to say that um, I wrote a book, and I'm not going to try to, you know, like don't go out and buy the book right away. You'd only make me a little money. Uh, The book is called Throwing the Bones. How to Foretell the Future with Bones, Shells, and Nuts. And uh, this book came out uh, a number of years ago, still sells. You can still find it at Amazon. It has in it systems of reading with dominoes, with dice, with bones. And one of the more fascinating ways to read is with dice. You know, you'd say, well, what does dice have to do with bones? This book is called Throwing the Bones. But dice originally were always made of bone or ivory. And the way they are read is um, a mathematical system. There are many, many, many ways to read dice. So I'm going to turn this over to you, uh, J.D., and have you uh, 
talk about what dice reading means to you. Sure. So a little bit of the history, like you just mentioned, is that reading dice goes back well into Rome. It goes back into Egypt. Back in the Bible, they cast lots, you know, another form of like tossing to divinate God's will. And even in the Americas, the Aztecs played a game called patuli, which was large beans that served as dice. So it has a large history. Um, going back to the Civil War, I'm a Civil War enthusiast. So uh, they, the, bo- the dice were made of bones, and they were very common for the soldiers back then to carry on them. A lot of the soldiers came over from Ireland and Europe, so they brought over with them their um, divination style of reading those dice as well. So I learned how to read dice from a Romanian neighbor when I was growing up in New York um, as a kid. And it was my friend's mom in school, and she kind of taught us how to do it. And we kept, you know, that method going and continued doing readings for our friends and well into our adulthood. And, of course, as I got older, I've learned different styles and different ways of reading the dice, you know. Um, The first methods were kind of simple about how you tell a yes or no question or you know, is it mostly true, likely true, somewhat true? So but using the different styles that you can use with the dice. For example, some dice come with black and red. So you would throw the die and ask a yes or no question, and black would be no and red would be yes. Uh, another method that I was taught was taking the three dice and throwing them for a yes or no question. And two, fours, and six mean yes, and a one, three, and five means no. And the more even the numbers, the more positive it was. So if you have all three even numbers, it was an absolute yes. If you have only two even numbers, it was mostly yes. And same thing for the odds. If it was two, uh, three odd numbers and it was mostly, an, it was a no, straight up no. If it was two dice and it was a mostly no. So it kind of changes the, um, the depth of the reading and the likeliness of your outcome. Um, another Can I way that I in here because this is, this is interesting. You're not just talking about totaling the spots, but you're talking about what would in craps be called the way you got it, right? Yeah. In other words, it's not just a, a 12, but it's the way you got that 12. So mm. and if you're using three dice, you're talking about, and if I understood you, two evens and an odd um, well, you couldn't get 12 that way, but you know what I'm saying. A t- a two evens and an odd would be more yes than no. Is that correct? Correct. So if you had, let's say my question was, will I get married next week? Or will I get married this year? And I get three even, it's an absolute yes. If I get two even, it's like very likely, but there's still you know some op- chances of a no. Mm-hmm. And then, so it, it kind of gives you the more depth to the yes or no question than you would get with just a straight up red or black die. Right. So if I you know, ask if I'm going to get married and I get two odds and one even, then I go, well, it's most likely I'm not getting married this year. It's not looking good. You know, and three um, odd numbers is a straight up no. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. That's a uh, that's a, a method that um, and this was taught to you by the Romanian woman, you say? Yeah. Wow. See, there's always something new under the sun. I'll tell you. Um, there's a the British dice reading that I learned uh, was just to count the spots, and just to give you as an example, the spots more.
more or less relate to the way they would if they were um, playing card readings or to mm-hmm. numerology. But they go up higher because with three dice you can get up to 18 spots. And that's more than you can get in numerology um, for obvious reasons. Um, so 18, for instance, is good luck, right? And um, and heaven's blessings attend you it's because it's the highest number you can get, right? Um, but 11 spots, just as an example, uh, says someone will depart from or return to you. Why? Because 11 is like a little road. It's like the, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. these are these are interesting variations. It, it, one of the things that when we talk about divination, it's so important to talk about how different cultures approach the same resources in a different way. Now, I want to bring Ollie in on this because he uses what are called a Rommel dice. So, Ollie, can you tell us about those a little bit? Yeah, so dice don't emerge in the Middle East um, until relatively recently. There's older examples of dice, specifically sheep's knuckle bones, astrologous bones. They're used. Um, the oldest examples are found in Central Asia. They're known as bujol. Bujol are sheep's knuckle bones that are both used in gambling and as a yes and no divination system. But over time, we see that fuse with the older tradition of Rammel, which is geomancy, that is the sand divination in which a binary system is used of dots and lines to produce four figures out of 16 um, uh, randomly constructed lines and dots. These four figures are known as the mothers. The mothers then produce the daughters, and the daughters produce the nieces. The nieces produce the witnesses, and the witness produces the judges. And out of this figure, you get a yes or no answer, as well as all sorts of details. But that takes quite a while to construct by hand. You have to basically number off 16 lines randomly, either in the sand, or when pen and paper are developed, you find uh, various examples done on paper. And so what ends up happening is that Rommel and dice fuse, and they create what are known as Rommel dice. These are four dice that are connected by a metal rod. They have and the four sides include one dot, two dot, three dots, and four dots. They are taken into the hand. There's usually two pairs. So, and, uh, and you shake them up in your hands or you roll them in your hand. You can hear I'm doing it now. You can hear the little rolling sound. And then you throw them down, and that produces one of the mothers. So, for example, I tossed it. I got two, one, two, and two. That gives us the figure of... Um, it gives us a very clear figure right off the bat. So two, one, two, two, that's rubius. That's the cup overturned. Uh, and so that gives us one of the mothers. If I toss two of them, I get two mothers. So what this does is it all creates a sort of shortcut for Rommel. Rather than creating 16 lines, you throw the dice twice. You throw them twice and you end up getting four mothers from which the geomantic chart is used. So this is a mixture of dice divination, which still relies on the actual physical material of the dice, along with the binary system of geomancy. And that's how we can see that the material history of dice divination and the history of geomancy sort of fused. So I don't use... Uh, regular dice, though I do know how to use the bujul, which is the Central Asian practice of casting sheep knuckle bones, um, but I do use the rumble dice, and they're sort of a major feature. When people see that I'm 
doing geomancy charts on the radio show, it's usually I'm casting the dice. It's because it's much easier than me sitting there one by one counting off uh, 16 lines. I don't have that much time on a short radio show, so I use the dice, and they work wonderfully in that regard. They really start in the Persian world, and then they become very popular throughout North Africa. And interestingly enough, they don't really quite take off in Europe where they prefer pen and but you can go to places like Iran, Afghanistan, Uzbekistan, and you'll find these dice which are used in geomancy. Yes, there are um, uh, Rommel dice that are used by, uh, I would call them revivalists in, um, yes. in England and in, yeah, in Ireland and Scotland. And, um, and they throw them they're they're done a little differently but they throw them the same way but they also have pairs and singles and so forth um this is a very recent uh and yes they are recent i i think they date maybe to the 80s or 90s maybe maybe the 70s but probably the 80s um but they are they are an adapt to northern european culture they're usually made out of wood they have little stones or glass beads in them to mark off and they they just have this sort of neo-pagan look but they work just the same as rommel dice um that's a that's a a very and they are a revival i mean they're not uh de novo they're a revival of something um there's another thing i mentioned a shagai or mongolian um sheep knuckle bone dice when you work with dice the results you get and the number of um, answers that are pre-formed is going to depend on how many dice you throw and Shagai is really interesting because you use four dice, not three, like in the British system of six-sided dice. You use four four-sided dice. But the numbering changes because you don't throw them sequentially. You throw them all at once. And then you look at the pattern. And the four sides of these astragalus bones are horse, camel, sheep, and goat. And Usually, um, getting horse will result in good um, answers, positive, favorable answers. Camel is a little less, sheep is a little less, and goat is considered the most negative ones, um, although sheep also is pretty negative. So um, there's a there's a wonderful uh, way these are used. You can also use the um, ankle bones of deer. Um, the reason that they're not used as much in America is that in America, when people butcher sheep, goats, or deer, to save time, they don't want to save that bone. They crack right through it with a cleaver. And you have to know somebody who will save the bones for you. There is becoming a little bit of a market for deer because people butcher deer that they hunt. And if they're told, please save those little bones, um, they will. And um, but you have to pay a little bit, and the deer are kind of big; <laughs> they're kind of large. Um, but the any animal that has a stragglus crit, and the reason you throw four bones is that these animals are four hoofed animals, and you get one ankle bone from each leg, and therefore mm-hmm. the four bones should come from the same animal. So you're actually consulting the spirit of that animal. So it's a combination of dice reading and bone reading. And uh, Shagai is also used as a gambling game. And so there's um, you know, m- many uh, facets to gambling that go with dicing, right? dice reading. And um, 
they're, they're we um, carry these sometimes in our shop we, when we can get astragalus bones. We do carry the deer ones. We can get them more easily than the sheep. Sometimes we get the sheep bones. Sometimes we get them all the way from Mongolia. Somebody in Mongolia will be selling them, um, you know, because, hey, they can make money selling them to crazy Americans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> of course, nowadays, many dice are made of plastic. And um, I'm not yeah. a great fan of plastic bones. It's not, not my favorite um, uh, you know, way to work. I'm, but um, there are people who say, why do you say when you throw dice, they call it rolling the bones? They have no idea that they used to be made of bone. And they also don't know why right. um, many of the um, plastic dice are made to look ivory colored, like old bone or ivory. They don't even know now. So, um, J.D., let me ask you a question about throwing dice. When you throw sure. dice in your system, uh, do you have any any rules about where they land? In other words, I was taught that um, you can use a small circular table, the kind of table you would use to read cards for somebody at, a little, hmm. um, a little uh, central three-legged type table. Um, it, it's not a card table. It's just a gypsy table reader's table. <laughs> it folds down, whatever. Um, but if one of the dice goes off, you don't read it. In other words, uh, use um, a um, a large square napkin and lay it on, the, on a dining room table. Any die that jumps, they call it, that jumps out is not counted. And that will change the reading. Do you do that in your system? Yeah. So what I was told or taught was to make a circle so you would put your elbow to your wrist down and put two dots and then you would turn it at a 90 degree angles and make two more dots and then you'd create the circle so you would just connect the four dots and that would mm-hmm. give you your circle um okay any i want to understand that... hold on i'll go sure. back up from your you're going to sure. put your two hands together and put your elbows out is that the idea no so you, so you lay your arm down and you put a dot at your elbow and a dot at your wrist, and that's the first. Oh, I see. Okay, so, and then so you it's turn a, your arm ninety degrees. Okay, so it's a cubit plus a palm, right? <laughs> it's like. Yeah. Or did you say your wrist? It's from your elbow to your yep. wrist. Yep. That's a cubit. Yep. No hand. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then you oh, would do two more dots, and then you would just connect the four dots, and you'd have basically a perfect circle, and that's where the dice would be thrown. I now do it on a cloth. I have one printed out, but uh, we used to do them with chalk, you know, or on tables or on sidewalks or wherever. Um, But any die that fall outside of the circle would be discarded. You wouldn't read it is how I was taught to do it. Yeah. Now, among British uh, dice readers, um, it's kind of an interesting thing. Some will just say, yeah, discard it. But I was also taught by somebody, and this was a woman, uh, was a, actually speaking of my mother earlier in the show, was a friend of my mother's who was born in England and came to America as a war bride and after World War II. She said that the dice that fall out the, off the table or outside the circle, you keep them as what she called modifiers. So instead of like, let's just say your total uh, inside the circle was eight, and the meaning of eight is by not thinking a situation through, you will face difficulty. 
And then outside, you have a three. And that is circumstances will change without warning and very soon. So what she would say is your your fortune is number eight, but you also have to take into condition that this is a temporary situation. Circumstances will change quickly because that three was outside the circle. She also even counted where it fell outside the circle. If it was toward the caster who was acting as a proxy for the subject, then it was, it was like reading a teacup. Home was where the caster was. and Or if she had the sitter to throw it, then home was where the sitter was, right? And anything going around, going clockwise now, anything from 6 o'clock, which is where you are, to 9 o'clock is going away. 9 o'clock to 12 is gone, and 12 is away, and then coming back around. And so she would also read um, from 3 to um, 12 to 3 is coming toward you, and 3 to 6 is almost back at home. And so where the dice fell in the circle meant something to her as well as the spots, and particularly if a die jumped out the circle, that die was then counted as if it was on the rim of the teacup and what was inside was inside the teacup. But see, this is so British. You understand what I'm saying? This is, um, the, the, it doesn't come from teacup reading. It comes from British thinking. <laughs> there's, there's something British thinking about this home and away the circle, the clock hand or whatever, probably before clocks were even invented, and the idea that the future is outside and then it gets, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, this is an inverse from the teacup. What's happening now is inside, whereas with the teacup, it's the opposite. What's happening now is at the rim, and what's happening at the distant future is at the bottom of the teacup. But the idea is that there's a three-dimensional model of space and time in the casting. So, yeah, oh, that's very I've heard of people also reading the dice as throwing three and to the left is the past, to the present is the middle, and to the future is to the right, which is kind of probably pulling on, you know, tarot style of reading cards. Um, yes. I've never really done that one, but I have seen that too. That's it. it. That's, me a little that bit that almost seems like related like to... I'm sorry, go ahead, Contra, say that again. I was, just, I was just saying I love the idea that both uh, tarot, the, the uh, cup, cup readings, and dice all rely on some form of sort of spatialism. Reading does this too, right? Like where it lands within a particular space, the cardinal directions, this sort of spatialization, um, but also the intersection of time is how people start to draw out meaning, like where something is located, which quadrant it is, it is on the left, is it on the right, is it inside the circle, is it outside of the circle. These are ways in which uh, order is sort of uh, projected onto the randomness of the sortilege, the chaos of the sortilege, right? You shuffle the cards and then you go left to right, that's past, present, future. You cast the dice, where does it fall in the circle? Is it in the left, is it in the middle, is it in the right, is it outside of the circle, is it inside of the circle? All of these are ways sort of imposing some form of order and making sense of it. And they're also fascinating because there's an overlap. There's an overlap here. And you can see how dice readers and teacup readers and tarot readers and bone readers are all kind of thinking around similar logic. There's differences, obviously, but there's something similar there in the way that they draw meaning. 
Yes. I, I, I'm going to bring in one other one. Numerology also factors into mm-hmm. dice reading. Uh, there is a one-dice toss, which is more or less used for character analysis and for um, identifying a person's immediate future. And this is straight-up numerology. You, um, If you throw um, one die you'll only get from 1 to 6. If you throw two dice, you'll get from 1 to 12. And so if you um, total up the numbers, you then reduce them as you would in numerology. If you throw three dice, for instance, you would reduce them. Mm -hmm. A lot of British people like to throw three dice. It's just sort of a British thing. But in the numerology version, whatever number you get, you're going to reduce it. And by by reducing is numerological reduction, which was once I was once told it was called theosophical involution. Um, but anyway, numerical reduction is you take all the digits and you add them together until you end up with a single digit, unless you get an 11 or a 22. So you get from 1 through 9 and then 11 and 22. And so mm-hmm. this is interesting to me because you're taking the dice and just using them numerologically. So the meanings are really the numerological meanings, such as, um, just to give an example, number seven is philosophical, analytical, introspective, understanding, intuitive, inspirational, reclusive, aware, studious, meditative. But it also has the meaning, you will win. So it's like they took the numerology of it and then they just added a bit of mm-hmm. um, prediction to it, and mm-hmm. that's kind of kind of cool. Okay. Well, very All cool, right. Yeah. Well, we're going to do some dice reading. Thank you so much, JD, for bringing this to us, and I hope people um, go out and get some dice and start experimenting with this. We're going to do some readings with dice um, as soon as we meet our first client. Take it away, Clifford. All right, stay tuned to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Network Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Contraband. We'll be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home contra remedies and remediation. Our clone clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short question in the Lucky Mojo form at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the form and you have not already done so, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like to say hello and let me, your announcer, Clifford Lowe, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our hosts. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. Our caller is Musings from area code 919. Musings, are you there? I am. Hello. Superb. All right, hold on. Um, you write. Uh, let's see. Sorry, I just dropped something there. I apologize. Um, my ex is being very cruel and petty to me. I would like some advice on how to make him stop being unkind. I crave revenge, but we have children, and I do not want them to get hurt. What is your recommendation? All right, turning it over to you, Ms. Cat. All right. I'm going to do the first reading using dice, and um, uh, J.D. will do the second reading with dice, and Contraband will give you work advice. 
So as I always do, I'm going to ask you, what is your sign of the zodiac? Um, I'm a Capricorn sun. Capricorn. Okay. And um, and what sign is your ex? He's uh, an Aries, but he also has a Gemini moon. Okay. All right. I'm going to now throw the dice, and I see here, but before I read, I'm going to clarify. We have um, really three things going on. Number one, you want to modify your ex's behavior so he's more kind. Number two, you want revenge, presumably to sneak up upon him unaware. And number three, you have children and you don't want the children to get hurt. I'm going to ask you, while I throw the dice, to consider the question. If your revenge consisted of him getting run over by a 18-wheeler, um, would that be hurtful to the children? Not physically, but it would be mentally hurtful. So um, is there some limit to the amount of revenge you wish to um, take? Or would death be the final revenge? I'm asking you right now. Um, I don't want him to die because that would hurt my, and I would like for him to be able to work and pay me, so that's my limit. Okay, so now we're drawing the line perhaps at um, uh, lifelong um, uh, immunocompromised diseases and impotence. Would that be kind of, would that be successful revenge for you? It's been so unkind that that sounds marvelous to me. Well, the reason I mention all of this is because you asked a question, there's really three questions, and it shows that you haven't thought this through uh, completely. And I'm not criticizing you for this because you're in the middle of a very difficult situation. So I'm telling you that I advise you to consider what form of revenge would not hurt your children and not hurt his ability to earn money. For instance, living lonely for the rest of his life, You know, whatever it is that you want to see happen. Okay, now having said that, I'm going to, uh, and Conjurement will be dealing with the root work, okay? Um, Getting a guy to be sweet to you or not unkind and still having revenge is a very interesting kind of double method. So I'm going to throw my dice I have here. You can hear them rattling, I hope. Um, I have three dice, and here they go. Okay. So, I have a six, a six, and a one. That is um, unlucky 13. So, 13 is usually in British, I'm throwing British dice style. 13 is usually unlucky. And so, the meaning of getting the 13 as a reading is that if you stay in a bad situation, it will only get worse. So this says to me that you might want to actually rethink what you're doing here, how it's going to work, what your future is going to look like. Because this says, and I was kind of aiming at that when I was asking those questions. I didn't know this was the answer I was going to get, but but I'm feeling here that you need to think about your, your teeter-tottering. I want him to be not cruel to me. I want him to be kind to me. I want to have revenge on him, and I want my children to be okay. Well, the children are not 
involved necessarily other than that were he to die or, or suffer disfigurement or something that would be very harmful to them but or if he were to go insane or become a drug addict on the street all of those would be harmful to the children so your revenge should be more finely knife-like because it says to me here that the situation of him being unkind to you and the cruelty of it is um, somewhat of a um, a difficulty that you can't really sort the two apart. Now, this is a kind of um, reading that says to me, you may want to rethink completely what you're doing with this guy and what you want. Not today, not while we're on the radio, but you might want to make a list of what it is you want because this situation is bad. He's not being good, and it could get worse. Okay, if you persist in a bad situation, it could get worse. That's the meaning of 13. So now I'm going to throw the dice again. And I'm going to say, because I'm concerned about the children, and of course you want the child support and all of that. So I'm going to say, what is the outlook for the children? And so now I have a 3, a 2, and a 1. And if I do my math correctly, that is a 6. Now, Six is a, a negative uh, result also. It means a loss of money. And um, it can be um, a loss of possessions. So the outlook for the children says to me, if you're going to go for revenge on him, they will end up with less possessions and less money. So you might want to put that revenge on the back burner until they grow up. How old are the children now? Seven and nine. Okay. So you have um, 12 years maybe, you know. Uh, I'm thinking, I know uh, <laughs> there's that old saying, revenge is a dish best served cold, um, that if you were to try to get revenge on him right now, it would be detrimental to the children financially. It's not an emotional loss that they would suffer, but you would suffer um financially and therefore they would suffer financially so that's my take on it i'm going to turn this over to uh, jd and see what he has to say um so thank you miss cat i'm also going to start first with throwing two dice and get a uh, reading on the situation and what is going on with you and your ex i'm going to roll the die and what I pulled up was the number eight. And so what I see here is that there's been a long-term problem between you two um, that's been festering for a long time, and it's about to hit a breaking point um, to the point of, like, explosion. Um, this could be court going to court uh, for paying child support, um, uh, a fight between you where your your anger and your tempers are about to explode and it's going to cause um, a problem for both of you. So you are about to have a breaking point with your ex. Um, I'm going to take the dice again and try to find some information about your ex and what I can learn about him. So I'm going to take the two die again and roll them to learn about your ex. The two die fell inside the circle, and I pulled a nine. 
what I see is that he is a very aggressive and rough kind of guy. Um, he creates his own problems. Um, he is not a nice person. He's a jerk. He um, is selfish. So that, that's the personality that we're dealing with right now. You roll the dice to see if I can learn about you, the court, and what's going on as you as an individual. In this one, I pulled six when it fell out. This tells me you're a, a loving person, a nurturing person. You try to do right by people. Um, you want the best outcome for you and the kids but you are being put in a rock and a hard place, particularly with this man and trying to force his hand to do what he should do for you and, and your children. Now I'm going to take three die and I'm going to roll them to see if I can get uh, a numerology number. It reduced, I got 10, which I reduced down to one. So Future-wise, I actually see that you're, uh, you're about to move forward in your life in a new stage. So this is the breaking point that needs to happen between you and him for you to move forward and to move on from him and his drama uh, for the betterment of your life and your children. Uh, this is probably a time when you're going to separate from relying on him and start doing things for you and your family. That's what I've pulled through the die today, Ms. Kat. All right. Well, that's very interesting. Um, both of us are seeing something here that is a bit deeper than your question. It's a bit um, more, um, what's the word I want to say? It's something that really needs to be done um, very, uh, you need to think this through a bit. Okay? So, I'm going to turn this over to Conjurman, and he's going to give you some root work, and we'll see what he has to say. Yeah, I think you've gotten some really good readings here. Uh, something that Miss Kat said really stood out to me, and that was that you need to sort of figure out what you want. This was, a, in many ways, a very a gentle nudge towards clarity. Ms. Kat's telling you is that you, when your client comes to us and they have this sort of question or request with all these different parts to it, and those parts clash with one another, there's an indication of a sort of in confused intention. There's a desire for revenge, but there's also a desire not to get too much revenge. And so there's a little bit of a confusion. You need to kind of figure out what it is you want. What I propose here and what you're getting from these readings is that revenge may not be the right framework for what you're asking here. Now, that's not to say he's, he's, you know, he should get off Scott clear. He's done wrong by you, but he's also bound to you through the children. What you seek isn't revenge. What you seek is justice. You want him to deal fairly with you. That's the approach you should be taking. Um, it's not about getting even, per se. It's about him doing right by you and by his kids, to be just in the dealings. I think if you take that approach, you're going to be more successful in this matter. Uh, anything that goes beyond that, I think, will start to dredge up and bring about some consequences you may not be ready for. 
So that's what I'm going to propose in regards to the root work, is how to get justice for you and your children, how to stop this person from being cruel to you, unfair to you, and to deal more justly in your interactions. To do that, you are going to need two photos, one of him alone and one with him and his children. The first photo of him alone. On Saturday, in the hour of Jupiter, and you can use sort of any online uh, application to really locate this. It's very easy to do. But on Saturday, in the hour of Jupiter, you're going to take his photo, turn it over, and on the back, write his name three times. Then turn it and cross it with the words, stop, in big, bold letters. Fold this three times. Then, using black string, tie it nice and tight. As you are tying, pray from your heart that this person is unable to work against you, that this person is unable to be cruel to you, this person is unable to lie, to deceive, or to harm you. Put your prayer into the string, and as you declare your intentions, make a knot. You can make as many knots as you would like, but there should be multiple knots. So-and-so, you are unable to lie to me. So-and-so, you're unable to harm me. Not As you're speaking, you're winding the string and then you knot it. And once you've got this nice little bundle, this, this picture that has been tied up with your prayers, tied into it and prayed into it, you're going to place it into a mason jar and then cover the entire thing with salt. Pray over the salt that it hold him fast, keep him honest, and to keep him from harming you and yours. Salt is ideal here because it's a powerful ally for justice. It can do just enough harm to keep him in line. Salt can give a person a nice good whack. It can put pressure on a people, which is why we use it to reveal thieves and liars. But it doesn't venture into the realm of crossing and cursing and damnation. So use salt here as a really good uh, ally for truth and justice. Cover it entirely. And salt has a wonderful tendency of holding your prayers. So pray over that salt. Tell the salt what you want it to do. Close the jar. Wrap it up in a white cloth. And keep this under your bathroom sink. Whenever he acts up, take the jar out, shake it. Shake it and tell the jar exactly what you want to happen to him. Again, this should be about him being just, him being fair, him stop being cruel. So it's about modifying the behavior, as you stated, rather than actually getting revenge or, or destroying life, the more that mess will bleed over into your children. So instead, you should be telling him, it's time for you to get a job. It's time for you to pay child support. It's time for you to be in your kid's life. Stop delaying. Stop procrastinating. Stop lying. That's the thing that you should be saying over this jar. Keep it in, uh, that under the bathroom sink wrapped in that white cloth. Then for the next photo, that is the photo of him and the children, on a Monday when the moon is rising, take that photo, turn it upside down, or turn it around, and write his name three times. Then cross it with your name and your children's name so that his name is completely covered and crossed so that you and your children have complete power over him. Put this, uh, put this in a picture frame. Then take an envelope. Take an envelope. 
In this envelope, I want you to put calamus, licorice, rosemary, master root, cloves, five-finger grass, and basil. I'm going to say that again. Calamus to compel him, licorice to give you power over him, rosemary to give you power over the family, mastery root to have complete control over the situation, cloves to sweeten the relations between everyone, five-finger grass to make him pay up, and basil to keep the peace and evil away. You're going to place this into the envelope. You're going to close the envelope and hide it into that back of the picture frame. So you have the picture facing forward, then you place the envelope, then you put the back of the picture frame on so it's nice and hidden there. Anoint this picture frame with compelling oil, pay me oil, and peaceful home oil. And set this up in your mantle in your home. When you need to, you can burn candles on it. Like for example, when you're dealing with child support, you can burn pay me candles and court case candles in front of this photo. But so long as the photo is kept there, so long as you pray over it and anoint it regularly, you will be sure to maintain the relationship between him and his children in a more uh, productive manner. Let's see if JD and Miss Cat have anything further to add or any alterations they would like to make to this working. I'm going to make one, rec- one recommendation. If you don't end up going to court, you can make a candle, a, a white glass candle or brown glass candle, card from the Rider Waite Smith Tarot on it, or you can use just judge oil if it goes to court as well as court case oil. JD, what do you have to say? I was thinking about uh, her desire for him to not be cruel and petty to her and the children and how this was really uh, a great opportunity to use a honey jar to sweeten him to her and the children. And by doing that, taking, creating a honey jar, taking a photo of her and the kids, and writing their names on the back, flipping it to the right, and then writing their statement over it, what she wants from him, and dressing it with tranquility oil. And I would add balm of Gilead buds to it so that it would kind of reconcile the hardships, not necessarily them trying to reconcile their relationship, but the the, the fighting between them as co-parents. Deer's tongue herbs for positive communication, adding calamus root, to influence him and Rosemary to give her, um, you know, happy home, to give her female power over the situation. And then I would dress light blue candles on it with tranquility and peaceful home oil on it every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And this wow. would help. Okay. Um, that's really good. All right. We got two entirely different approaches, and they both work. You can do them both. All right. Um, let's see what's coming up next. We're going to have another client, so let's turn this over to Clifford. All right. Um, support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forest, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Rookers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic contra practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line, run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1 888 4 Hoodoo or visit hoodoo and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. 
Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our next client. Our caller is uh, Camillo in area code 646. Camillo, are you there? Hi, yes, I'm here. Thanks for having me. Thank you you very much. You write your situation is, yes, I can hear perfectly. Um, Your situation that you write is, what do I do to increase my finances? I just accepted a new job offer and start on October 10th. Will this work out? And will I meet my soulmate or romantic interest soon? All right, turning over you, Miss Kat. All righty. Well, we got two questions here, and um, this is a short segment. So um, we can talk about the new job offer that starts October 10th. Um, if if something about the soulmate or romantic interest shows up, that's okay. But I don't think we can ask both questions at once. So I'm going to turn this over to Conjurman, who might find romantic interest at your job. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'll be using the Rommel dice here. But first, if you could tell me a little bit, uh, just a couple of questions. What kind of a zodiac are you? I am a Pisces. You are a Pisces. Okay, so that makes sense. You're asking about finances, but you're also very interested in the soulmate <laughs> question. It definitely is, is very fitting for a Pisces to ask that. Um, what industry are you going into right now? What, what is this job that you're so You don't have to tell me the company. It's just sort of the industry or the work you're doing. Um, it's, uh, I'm actually re-entering it, uh, luxury fashion, just, just apparel, luxury fashion apparel. Okay, very cool. Uh, just based off of the astrology alone, in medieval astrology in particular, Pisces has a connection with uh, garments, particular luxury garments. So that's, a, that's quite fitting in that regard. Um, I have ca- I'm going to cast the Rommel dice here. I'm not going to read this as a full-on geomancy reading, which is generally its own type of reading, but instead I'm going to use the dice to generate a figure and then read the figure. So in geomancy, we generally reconstitute the figures. That is, we cast them four times to create the mothers, and then from the mothers, we create the whole chart that has some connection to the astrological 12 houses. Instead, since this is a a dice reading uh, episode, we're going to focus on the actual casting of the dice and use the figure that is generated. So I'm going to cast the dice here. I'm going to throw it down. Okay, we've got one, two, two, and two. So that is Lyticia. Lyticia is the figure of joy and success and abundance. It is the power that is being built up brick by brick. It is ruled specifically by Jupiter. So this is an especially awesome figure for you as Jupiter is the ruling uh, planet or the uh, lord of Pisces. This is an indication that that you are entering into will bring you abundance, will bring you financial success, but more specifically that it will bring you emotional satisfaction. There will be some type of fulfillment that is tied here. However, this will likely involve some component of growth change and evolution. So you're going to start this job, and while it may be good at first, what's really going to be beneficial is the opportunities that will come your way. So you must be open to whatever opportunities will show up, 
and if the job goes in a slightly different direction than you may have anticipated. Laetitia's influence is one of flow. It is about Jupiter's capacity to move, to expand, to grow. And so you want to be able to adapt to your circumstances, adapt to what is going on uh, in your life and what is going on in your profession. Adapt and change. Maybe you find that you're in this luxury apparel for a while, but it sort of leans you towards more creative outlets or more administrative outlets or managerial outlets. Whatever it is, be open to it and allow yourself to adapt, grow, and learn. And learning plays an important role here. The more you're willing to take on and learn new aspects of your job and career, the more finance, the more wealth, the more fortune, and the more abundance will come your way. And as the fortune and finance come your way, it will be tied to emotional satisfaction. So Laetitia is not a figure that indicates a separation between spirit and the material, but rather sees the material and tied to one another. That material success, that is, being financially wealthy, financially well-off, materially successful, can go hand-in-hand and often goes hand-in-hand in Laetitia with emotional satisfaction, with spiritual growth. Be open to this, be mindful of it. Laetitia further speaks to the ability to make friends and allies. Whether a soulmate will appear here or not may require another reading, but what Laetitia does tell us as a figure is you will likely make a new circle of friends or new connections, and from this will grow your social circle, and this social circle will bring you joy, will bring you happiness, and will bring you perhaps the opportunity that you seek when it comes to a soulmate. So there is a social component to this, not just a material component. There is a component in connecting with people and opening up with other people, finding new people through this profession, through this new job, opening up your social circle. And then from there, you can see if the opportunities for a soulmate are, is possible. I would encourage you to get a further reading in regards to that, or maybe you will, it'll come up in the other readings in this, uh, in this call. But overall, this is a very auspicious sign. It's a very positive figure, and it does tell us that you can expect some good things from this new path and avenue. With that, I'm going to turn this over to JD, who's going to do the next reading, and then Ms. Kat will give you some group work recommendations. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm going to now... Welcome. I'm going to... Uh, take two die and start with a two die reading for you on the situation and what's going on right now. And the first die I pulled was an eight, which tells me at the time you've been worrying about finances, uh, catching up on uh, bills, making sure everything's paid. Specifically, you've been very, um, you've been kind of prudent with this spending because of financial strains and you're looking for the opportunity for more money to come through so you can live a more comfortable and prosperous life that you feel you deserve and are ready for. And I'm going to take the two die again and I'm going to toss them to look at you individually. And the situation, what I pulled here was a five. And what this tells me is that you will be very successful in this new position, that um, you'll be financially successful, you'll be very happy. This position will bring you the social, the emotional, the financial success that you're looking for. It will be challenging enough that you feel like you are doing something that matters to you and you enjoy. 
and it'll also um, introduce you to other people that will help you make and expand your social circle. This is a great guy for um, entering a new job, by the way. Like, I would love to have that. <laughs> and now I'm going to throw the die to look at the numerology aspect of the, the reading. Okay. And from here, I see adventure and excitement. I pulled five again that this is a number of positions are opening up for you. This is exciting. There is change. There is movement. So, th again, this is a great card or a great die for you when it comes to talking about longevity in this position. And if this is the right decision for you, you've absolutely made the right decision. Finally, we'll take the four die, and I will put them together. And this is a method that I was uh, taught about looking at correlating the die to uh, tarot cards. So it's kind of how we were talking earlier in the show and how you can go across different type of reading styles. And so in this one, the number I pulled was seven, which is the chariot, which would correspond to the chariot. And this would be about a new work experience and an opportunity, financial opportunities that are going to uh, open up for you and a great new business venture. This is also a great um, one for relationships in general, whether that be friends or even possible lovers. So, so not address, addressing your question about love life. This definitely will open up more roads for you leading to finding a love partner than it would hinder that. So you're on the right path. Wow. So uh, that was, you just threw me a complete off the charts. To, uh, Ollie, you got to say something here too, man. That was so cool to throw the dice and get a tarot trump. Did you just see what he oh, did? Oh, I love that. It's very cool. Wasn't that something? Wow. <laughs> JD, you just opened up a whole new closet for me to go rummaging around in. <laughs> that was great. Um, so the 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 chariot number seven is the way is open, but you still haven't gotten hooked up yet. It's a really interesting card, but it does say the way is open. But you, you got to just get yourself hooked up with somebody. I love that. I love that, JD. You just blew my mind. That was uh, never even occurred to me. Okay. Um, all right, so I'm going to do some root work here. Um, well, we have a lot of um, stuff going on with five. We got five and some fives, and and I, I thought that was sort of interesting because one of the herbs that we use for success is five-finger grass. So um, in this new job, I'd like you to, to um, work with five-finger grass as a starter. Now, uh, this is a, a little herb. It's potentilla. Um, it's in the rose family, and it has a compound leaf, and there are five parts to it. It's not a grass at all. It's just called five-finger grass. So it's a little soft herb. I'd like you to get some five-finger grass oil and some five-finger grass, the herb, the thing itself. 
And I'd like you to make yourself a little pocket mojo. This could be just a, you don't have to use a drawstring bag, just a little square of cloth, tie it around and make, some people call it the flaming comet style of mojo bag. You'll know what I mean if you've ever seen one. It's just tied with a little tail on it. So I want you to get some five-finger grass, and um, that's going to be kind of like the little bed that you're going to put these things in. Um, we also had um, the number seven, which was a great number, and um, I'd like you to get some little seeds that are called grains of paradise, and I want you to put seven of those in. And I also want you to put in seven black-eyed peas, dried black-eyed peas. Uh, you could use seven mojo beans if you can get them. Those are fava beans. They're a little bigger, but I'm trying to make a small mojo here. So seven dried black-eyed peas, whole dried black-eyed peas, if you can get them, would be good. And I want you to kind of work this thing together. In it, I want you to put clippings from all ten of your fingernails. In other words, we're talking about five fingers, the success of your five fingers. So you're going to clip every one of your fingernails and put ten clippings in there. If your job involves walking or anything of your feet, you can also clip your ten toenails and put them in too, and many people will do the full set. Don't. Um, this is not a, a, a bag particularly to find your lover, but don't overlook that. So if you wanted to put in something also a little more personal, like a, a pubic hair or something, but to me, you probably don't want that on the job exactly. So, um, you know, you put a head hair if you have head hairs. But if you just go with your fingernails and toenails, you'll have done really well. Put them all together, embed them into that um, five-finger grasp, and now you're going to tie that cloth uh, you can use a little red cloth. Just make a little ball of all of that. And you're going to um, dress it with five-finger grass oil. Just dab on the oil. And uh, you can wear the five-finger grass oil also on the job and or put it around your working surface. Your um, If you have a desk, put it around the desk. If you have a chair, put it around the chair. Just use the oil. It's very compatible with furniture or anything of that sort you will do very, very well. I love the idea here that you have um, all of this uh, this good numerology going on. It's very nice to have those um, things happening. If you wanted to do something for finding love, you would, could make a different mojo. And I'm just going to quickly run through what you might put in that. You could put in your hairs. You could put in uh, my future lover, just the words my future lover come to me on a little piece of paper. You could put in some cubeb berries, juniper berries, damiana leaf. It's a, a You can go to hoodooataglance.com and look up herbs for love and you'll find them. Cloves is good for friends that might lead you to a lover. And uh, that's a different mojo. Like I said, you've tried to do two things at once in this question. All right. Um, I'm going to turn this over to um, uh, J.D. Do you have anything to add? Hi, Jess. I was uh, looking at the use of using a figure candle, figural candle, and uh, naming and baptizing that. 
and then dressing that in crown of success and steady work oil. Crown of success to make you successful at this new job and what you're doing and steady work to, you know, have favor and to do well at the job. Uh, then I would take a herbal blend, uh, five finger grass, which is, you know, a great herb for success and all things that your hands can do. Um, master of the wood to come overcome adversity or hardship and alfalfa to bring in that money. And I would dress the candles in that herbal blend. And then I would dust it with crown of success sachet powder. So you've triple dressed it here. Now, um, the sachet powder of crown of success and mix it with that herbal blend. And you kind of want to make a, a cross shape on your altar. So like an X and then do a, an attaching circle all the way around it and place the figural candle, which represents you, in the center of that. So it's like your roads are open, your paths are open, success. And you would read Psalms 8 over this while you pray for business and career success. Another great psalm to add to that would be Psalms 23, which is about abundance and success and prosperity. And you would burn this for seven days. Um, And each day you would light it, you would pray over it, you would, you know, focus and, and speak from your heart about the manifestation of your desire at this new job, and then you would extinguish it by putting it out with, like, a, with either your fingers or putting it out with a, a thing, put out the candle, but you wouldn't blow it out. And then after the seven days, you would take the remaining of the herbs and the wax, and you would scoop them up, and you would take some of that to work and sprinkle the herbs in your desk at work, and then the rest of it you would bury in your front yard to continue that success. Wow, that's really nice work. And um, and that follows um, Contraband Ollie's three-part rule, too. You have the <laughs> candle, you have the herbs, and then you put some of the herbs at your home and some of the herbs at your work. That's great, yeah. I told you, folks, this guy knows his business, right? <laughs> Um, I'm just going to yeah. say, Conjurman, can we just give him a round of applause? Because we have very mm-hmm. few people come on this show first time out and just like snap it out like that. Congratulations, JD, you are good. Thank <laughs> you so much. Readings and root work. Yeah, yeah, good root work, good root work. All right. Um, and um, again, if you want to get some. Um, work to attract a new lover call again and we will um we will do a different kind of reading on that and um and maybe give you some pointers on how to get a new lover because i do feel that we are kind of um conflating two things here right Um, okay thank you yeah um do you have anything to add contraman uh, the only thing I would add is that if you want to, to increase your connections and, and the social aspect of this and perhaps even attract a lover, is to wear some of the love oil as scents. That really works wonders for a Pisces. So a little bit of love me or come to me oil as a scent at your new job could go a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's a good piece of advice at all times for those who are looking for love. Wear a love oil. On the job. All right. Next up, our network schedule announcement. So take it away, electrons.
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. All right, now it's time for our free spell segment from JD of Hoodoo House, Detroit.com, Detroit, Michigan. Take it away, JD. Hi, thank you. So, because we did dice this week, um, I thought it was fitting to make a mojo that involved gambling and sharing that. And I actually have a, a personal story with this, is that I've made this mojo for uh, one of my good friends when we went to Vegas last summer. Um, he's a big gambler, so we stayed in Vegas for a few days. And we went to three hotels in one night, and in all three hotels, he won uh, three jackpots while he was wearing his mojo. So um, he walked away with over $12,000 in winnings from those three jackpots. So very powerful, wow. great mojo. And, yeah, um, because I was with him, so my consolation prize was he bought me a Swatch watch from the uh, the store down there because I am I love those watches. So that was my reward for helping. <laughs> wow. So for uh, making this, uh, first, you would start out with an alligator paw, um, which is known for grabbing and holding on to things. It's used a lot, especially in New Orleans, for um, money drawing, money grabbing, or success. Um, you want one that has, like, a nice open palm so that you can fit a pair of dice in the center of the hand. Um, you would take the alligator paw and the dice, and first you would wash them down with Hoyt's cologne, which is a cologne that's related to gambling and success in gambling. And then uh, you would lay out the material. And what I would do is I'd lay out the herbs and everything that I would be using, and I lightly spray them with Hoyt's cologne. So in this working, I would set five-finger grass out for luck of the hand, since we're gambling. Um, I would use lucky hand root, which increases gambling luck. Cinnamon, because I want to heat up tonight to make it a hot streak night. Um, Allspice, which is great for luck and money. Bayberry, which draws money. Chamomile, which is great for gambling success. And, of course, alfalfa, which is good for luck and gambling and money matters. And then I would take a small pyrite stone as well. And so those would be laid out on my altar, lightly sprayed, um, and then I would pray over each one of them, uh, asking them to bring their spiritual power, their element into the work, and how they would assist when making this mojo. Take a piece of brown paper from a bag torn on all four sides and write out a petition for gambling success in the paper in green pen. And then I would dress that with fast luck, money drawing, and wealthy way oil. Um, I use those oils because, one, you know, you want to draw the money, you want high wealth, and, you know, when gambling, it's all about that fast luck. Um, dress the hard items, such as the alligator paw, the lucky hand root, the dice, and the pirate stone with fast luck, money drawing, and wealthy way oil as well and set them aside. And I would, what I do is I take a, a full length 
So I take red string and I hold it on one hand and I stretch out my arms to the other end. I do this for the person who is making it though. So it's a, it's a full arm length of them and wrap the alligator paw with the die and the pirate stone in the center. While you wrap it, you pray for success in gambling and you do that until all the string is used and you knot it three times to knot up your manifestation. Then you put the alligator paw into the mojo. You add the herbs and other items that you're using as you pray over them and ask them to add their spiritual power into the work. Hold the mojo over your mouth while you breathe into it and speak the petition. And as you breathe your last part of your breath, you pull it shut tight and knot it with three knots. The mojo is dressed then with fast luck, money drawing, and fast luck oil. I place it under a, a dish with a red candle that's dressed in fast luck oil uh, to consecrate the, the mojo. And then when it is, the candle burns out, the mojo is ready to be worn for gambling. Wow. So, that's really nice. That's, that's a very really cool. nice one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a comment here. You used the word uh, string. And you also used the word yarn. And they are different. And I'm going to give you a pass because you're male and you're not a seamstress. <laughs> um, I have seen these done with everything from sewing thread to um, yarn. Acrylic yarn is the worst. Don't do it. It's really ugly. Um, what I recommend is neither string nor thread nor yarn, but pearl cotton. And pearl cotton is um, a cotton that is um, plied and double plied, and it's used for crocheting. You've probably seen crocheted potholders made out of it, smooth. And it's used to make jack balls. And so I recommend getting red pearl cotton. You can get it online um, from places like um, Joanne's Fabrics. You can also get it um, from uh, sewing sh- um, specialty places online and it comes in many 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 hundreds of colors but you want a nice red it comes in several weights also fine to coarse doesn't matter any one of those good that's what we use for making jack balls because it's very smooth and it's not um funky and you can tie knots in it but you don't have to use as much of it as you would if it was sewing thread back in the day i used to use a kind of silk thread called buttonhole twist but it's hard to get pure silk buttonhole twist anymore anyway just saying <laughs> that was that was the voice of your seamstress speaking <laughs> thank you <laughs> sure uh, so um do you have um a thing to add to this um conjurement no seamstress thought, but I, I will uh, be another advocate for, for lucky mojos in this regard. Um, whenever you're doing any type of love work, grounding it in sort of a physical object really, really works well. I think it's just because of the mercurial nature of luck that some type of physical object, whether it's a talisman, a lucky charm, or in this case, a mojo bag, really grounds it and helps it to manifest. So I'm a big, if you're going to do any sort of gambling work, if you're going to do any sort of luck work, candles are great, incense is great, but there's nothing quite like carrying a lucky mojo with you when you're going to go play cards or in the casino or any type of game of chance. Yeah. 
Um, I agree. Having something to carry on you is really, really good. If I were to add um, anything to this, I might add a coin that I had won in gambling previously. I also might, just might, add um, Alkanet for the fact that Alkanet protects your money from being stolen. So once you win it at gambling and walk away, you don't want any thugs jumping you, but you also don't want the casino luring you back and taking it away. So Alkanet's a good addition to this particular mojo. All right, that was wonderful, J.D. Um, Let's turn this over to Clifford and our outro. Then we'll all come back and say goodbye. All right, thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman. Thank you, J.D. of HoodooHouseDetroit.com and Detroit, Michigan, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest, Reverend Roy of HealingAmulet.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bring us the topic of healing with reflexology. Once again, we've come to an end of, of another Lucky Mojo Food Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find this cat via Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and conjurematiconjuremanconsulting.com at Mission Via Hill, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from clifflow.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour, the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com/radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune again once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you, Clifford. And I'm going to give a special shout-out to um, a few people here in the chat who I'm just seeing again. Angela L., Mr. Christopher, Heidi Holton, Dr. Sweets, Happy Smiles, and, of course, Tony I. And uh, there are many, many other people here that I can't quite read their names. C. Clark 112 and Onyx Rose, Signe D.C., and Wickway is up. So lots of folks here in the chat. Thank you all for coming out. And remember, you can always see these uh, or listen to these shows in our archives. We still keep on promising and we're going to make a sense of all of our archives at some point. But right now it's on just more chaos. <laughs> so, um, we love you all. We have a lot of work ahead of us making the radio show archives make sense. All right. Good night, all. Good night, all. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Have a good night.